Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, live here in Los Angeles. Actually, we're all over the place here. Dallas, Texas, Orange County, California. Man, got a good show coming up here right now. We'll, we'll get into a little bit of everything, but our usual great guest here, Dr. Jeffrey Barkey out of uh, Newport Beach, California, an American frontline doctor and uh, true patriot. How are you doing this morning, Doc? I'm doing great. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me back on the show. Great to have immunity from having COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Immunity is, uh, is the path forward, not vaccinating the population for sure. Yeah. Hey, Doc, really, what's the reason why they're so slow out of uh, D.C. getting these, uh, you know, swallow this pill? It's even better than a vaccine. What is the problem? Well, the problem is D.C. and the leadership in D.C., obviously. Uh, they have a very different fundamental belief uh, that's based on uh, pharma and, uh, and the vaccine companies. And that is that, the, that until we vaccinate everybody and their mother, uh, this pandemic will end. Uh, the evidence is quite the opposite. That is to say that we know now people that are vaccined and boosted and, and Israel just showed a fourth vaccine uh, offers no benefit whatsoever. The people that are fully vaccinated are getting ill with COVID. I mean, as, as we speak, <clears throat> you guys know this. My dad lives in Dallas. He's 86 years old. Uh, fully vaccinated and boosted, and he's got a really bad case of COVID. So this is happening everywhere. Not only do the vaccines not prevent uh, COVID, uh, but most importantly, it, it doesn't prevent the transmission of COVID. We were told when COVID first came out and these vaccines were available, that these vaccines were 95% effective at preventing the disease. That Now we realize that is completely not the case. They do not prevent patients from getting COVID. They do not prevent patients from transmitting COVID. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen happen now, and I think your audience will resonate this with, with this because it, it's super easy to follow in common sense. Doctors rightfully get criticized for overprescribing antibiotics. And as a result of overprescribing antibiotics, we get resistant strains of bacteria, probably most well-known is a skin bacteria called MRSA, methicillin-resistant staph aureus. And that's directly as a result of the overprescribing of antibiotics, where this staph aureus uh, bacteria is resistant to many of our common antibiotics. So we have to use stronger antibiotics, et cetera, to treat it. Similarly, if we overprescribe antivirals in the form of uh, vaccines, it is the mass vaccination campaign in the middle of a pandemic that is putting immunologic pressure on the virus to mutate because that's what viruses do. They want to survive. They want to survive and live with us. They don't really want to kill the host. That's not good for the virus. So with each iteration of a variant that comes out, we expect it will be less lethal because viruses are going to mutate around the vaccine in order to continue to, uh, to multiply. And that's what we're seeing with Omicron, for example, a bit more contagious, but a lot less lethal. And that's why we're seeing the outbreak of variant after variant after variant. So this nonsense that this is a, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated is nonsense. And the path forward is not mass vaccination. 
I'm not anti-vax. You want to go get vaccinated, go get vaccinated. Understand the risks, understand the benefits. Be sure you're clear about what the potential side effects are. Mm -hmm. Make an adult informed decision. But mass vaccination is not the answer. Let me ask you um, a question. And, you know, I'm not trying to, like, uh, put blame on anything, but I'm just or anyone. But, uh, you know, it, it just seems like it makes more sense that a person who is let's say vaccinated maybe depending on uh, which vaccine uh, vaccine uh, this person gets but you know cuz i've heard that you know people with vac- the vaccine could be a more of a spreader than one a person who doesn't have the vaccine or covid-19 i mean what's your take on this well, well, man, here's the problem. When you get vaccinated, yeah. uh, l- listen, there is there is some efficacy to the vac- vaccination. It may reduce the severity of the illness. It potentially can reduce hospitalization. All that is wonderful. Okay. But when you're vaccinated and you get COVID, you may not even know you have COVID or you have such mild symptoms like cold symptoms or a bad allergy that you're mm-hmm. vaccinated, you get a little cold, you're like, no, nah, I'm vaccinated, I'm good. So you go out and about in public, mm. and the studies are clearly showing that people that are vaccinated that get COVID have at least as high a viral count, and in many cases, a higher vi- viral count than those that don't have a vaccine immunity. And so you got all this virus now, you're vaccinated, you have mild symptoms, you're out and about not realizing you have COVID, and you're spreading this thing throughout. When you're unvaccinated and you don't have immunity and you get COVID, you know you have COVID. I mean, there are some characteristic symptoms, like we all know, loss of smell and taste and fever, chills, body aches, and so forth. That may not be the case if you're vaccinated. So the vaccinated are spreading this illness. And um, the path forward, in my opinion, by the way, is early treatment. Nobody is talking about early treatment except a handful of docs around the country. And when I say early treatment, I mean you come down with COVID, you immediately start a nose or throat irrigation system with dilute betadine or hydrogen peroxide. I've got a recipe that I wrote for this. It's super simple. It's on my website, rx4liberty, rx4for-liberty.com under COVID treatment. Uh, six ounces of water, couple teaspoons of betadine or hydrogen peroxide nasal squirt bottle, nose squirt bottle, squirt it up your nose, spit it out your mouth. If it burns, just dilute it more. And that kills the virus in the back of your nose and throat. If you did nothing but that and did it early, you could reduce the severity and duration of the symptoms. Mix that in with maximizing your vitamin D level. And we don't even have to talk about the controversial drugs, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and so forth. Although I I still think those work, and I use them quite aggressively for early treatment. But if you put those aside and simply do a nose-throat irrigation system, maximize your vitamin D, you're going to be better off, uh, and you don't even have to get controversial with some of those other meds. Yeah. Um, Pretty uh, incredible, uh, I think, where we stand today in this world, not just here in the United States, but... um, it's just you know when you when you you go out now you live your life and, and you see a, a mix of certain people and it's sad because and I feel like I think I've been affected by this as well I feel like everyone has now some sort of we're living with fear you know and I never we never I never personally felt like this 
where, oh my gosh, am I sick? Like I never, you know, we we walk, we woke up one morning and hey, you know, I felt like a little under the weather. Oh, maybe I have a little cold or something. But we never went nuts. Like, oh my gosh, what is this? I feel like everyone's living like this now. And this is sad, and I feel like it could be, and it seems like it was almost like this was supposed to happen, and this is not right. This is not how we're supposed to live our lives. No, you're, you're right. You know, my, uh, my podcast co-host, I've got our own little podcast called Informed Dissent, Informed okay. Dissent on all the usual outlets. My co-host, Mark McDonald, who's a psychiatrist, he wrote this book that's wonderful. It's an easy-read short book called, um, uh, it's called, United States of Fear, mm. how America has been overcome by a mass delusional psychosis. And a delusion in psychiatry is a fixed false belief. And that's exactly what's happened. So we've taken this fixed false belief that we should be fearful of the virus. Uh, it's, it's the most horrible thing ever. And the media and our unelected healthcare bureaucrats, Dr. Fauci and company, have been feeding <laughs> us this fear over and over over again. Yeah. So even my own patients that are that are relatively, uh, you know, calm, you know, they call up. They woke up with a they woke woke up with a stuffy nose and they want to come in and get tested. Right. I have literally recommended now we stop testing. It's not doing anybody any good. Most importantly, you should not test if you don't have symptoms. If you're healthy, you feel good. There is no reason to be testing. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Have you ever gotten a cold from somebody that doesn't have a cold? If you <laughs> don't have symptoms, you don't spread the disease. Listen, Fauci told us this as well. There's little evidence to support the idea that there's asymptomatic spread of this illness. You spread this illness by coughing and sneezing when you're ill. You don't spread this illness when you feel well. Even when, you're, even when you have symptoms, I don't need a test to tell me what to do. We're always taught in medical school. We don't treat test results. We treat patients. And so, I, you know, even patients, if a patient has a characteristic symptom of COVID, they have fever, chills, body aches, they've lost their sense of smell or taste, I don't need a test to tell me what to do. I'm going to treat them. And the good news about early treatment, it would be hard to harm somebody with any of these early treatments, be it ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, et cetera. It, uh, it's just, it, they're very, very safe. You know, I'm looking at an Epoch Times uh, ad, an article rather, about a family that lost a battle in Florida, court battle, to try to force the hospital to use ivermectin. Then there's this ad pasted in here to show the disinformation. It's an ad by the U.S. Uh, FDA, uh, Food and Drug Administration, and the ad is, is titled, You Are Not a Horse, You Are Not a Cow, Seriously, <laughs> Using the drug ivermectin to treat uh, COVID can be dangerous and even lethal. That's a lie. It's not dangerous, and it's certainly not lethal. I've had conversations with pharmacists just yesterday, pharmacists that refused to to dispense ivermectin. I asked him, well, why not? He says, well, you know, listen, there's studies that show it doesn't work. I'm like, okay, well, can I give you my patient's phone number since you seem to know how to treat this, and you can treat him. (laughs) But, oh, you you know, I can't do that, doc, you know, this, that, and the other. And he tells me that there's evidence that these drugs can be dangerous. And I ask him, how long have you been a pharmacist for? It's like 29 years. I'm like, awesome. Thanks for all the work you do. In your 29-year career, have you ever seen a single case of ivermectin toxicity or injury and the same with hydroxychloroquine? And, of course, he says, well, no, but, you know, uh, I'm just a retail pharmacist. I'm not a hospital pharmacist. 
I'm like, come on, man, give me a break. These medications have been around for 50, 60 years. They're incredibly safe. And if you can get to patients early as part of a, um, you know, a, a multi-drug protocol, sequential multi-drug protocol, it works. It's not the only thing we use, yeah. but it's part of a multi-drug protocol. And I've treated hundreds of patients with COVID, all risk categories, and these products flat out work when we can get to patients early. Let me ask you um, a question, um, and this probably goes across the board, not even just uh, when we're talking COVID, but you know, when you when you let's say over medicate the body, maybe you take too many antibiotics or uh, a certain type of drug on a consistent basis. Does that kind of tell your body um, that may, you know maybe it's like it's getting it's getting used to the medicine where maybe you should just treat yourself with certain types of medicines or antibiotics when you get sick as opposed to maybe taking it more regularly. I've heard that, you know, you, you can take, you know, let's say like an ivermectin or something on a more regular basis. Um, what's the difference right. and how does that affect the body? Because, you know, I don't know. I, sometimes I've heard, well, you can't take antibiotics when you don't have uh you know, if you have a virus, because it only works when you have a bacterial infection. So how does that work? And, and maybe we can educate some people listening right now. You know, that's a good question. There are some protocols for prophylactic use of ivermectin hydroxychloroquine to try to prevent it, to try to prevent the illness. And early on, when we really weren't sure and the lethality of the interest of the illness was higher, I get why we were doing that. And I did that as well. Mm -hmm. I'm really no longer doing that. And the reason why I'm not doing that is basically exactly what you said. I don't want people on chronic antiviral therapy. And it changes the gut biome when you start putting ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and other stuff in your system every single day or weekly. And so I'd rather them have the medication just in case, have access to early treatment, uh, to have a nose, throat, rinse protocol at the standby and then institute treatment at the earliest sign if they do get ill. So I've kind of stopped using prophylactic medication. There may be an occasion to do it if somebody's in a very high-risk group and they're out and about, they're at a party or what have you, and they're worried about exposure, then, then maybe I'll do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but just for the average person, I don't use prophylactic ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine anymore. So I can eliminate my uh, twice-a-week ivermectin uh, swallow dosage? Well, you know, as I recall, you've got natural immunity, right? You recovered from COVID. Thank God, and yes. If, yeah, if that's the case, I don't, I don't think I would recommend that you just uh, indefinitely take preventative ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. And the reality is because you have natural immunity, although we are seeing Omicron break through natural immunity, typically if you've got natural immunity and you get Omicron, there's a lot of this going around it's likely going to be much, much milder than the Delta version you had uh, several months ago. And so as long as you have the ivermectin and a dose uh, high enough to, to treat and you've got like a squirt bottle and some dilute betadine and so forth, mm -hmm. then I don't think I would take prophylactic medication at this point um, because it, you know, listen, I, long term, I don't know how it's going to affect your gut and the rest of your body. And I just don't think it's necessary at this point. Uh, Doc, talk about the other supplements from vitamin C to zinc or black seed oil. Yeah, everything yeah, else that we, yeah. that we should be taking. 
For sure. I think, um, so first of all, these, these items are listed on my website, Rx4Liberty, Rx4FORLiberty. There's basic supplements. I think the most important is vitamin D. We know there's a direct correlation between low vitamin D and bad outcome with COVID. And any doctor, any local laboratory can measure your vitamin D level. It's cheap. And then you want to boost your vitamin D to the upper level of normal. I recommend somewhere between 50 and 80 vitamin D level. Normal, uh, by most labs, if you're 30 or above, they consider that normal. Uh, that's not high enough. Uh, you want it to be somewhere between 50 and 80 on your lab test result. So generally speaking, it takes about 5,000 international units of vitamin D3 to get you there. Of course, this is not medical advice. Check in with your own doctor, but this is just a overview of what I typically do. Mm-hmm. So vitamin D, um, vitamin C, uh, about you know one to 3,000 milligrams a day. I escalate that if you get COVID. Um, melatonin uh, can be an anti-inflammatory immune modulator, not to help you sleep, although it may do that. Uh, but, you know, taking three to five milligrams of melatonin at bedtime, some people don't like and can't tolerate melatonin. Then we escalate that to 10 milligrams if you get COVID. Zinc disrupts viral replication, 25 to 50 milligrams just for standard uh, care. And then if you get COVID, we escalate that up to 100 milligrams. We need to get zinc into the cells, and we do that by using quercetin. Quercetin mm-hmm. is an ionophore. Helps zinc get into the cells. Same thing that uh, hydroxychloroquine does, but that's prescription. Similar mechanism to um, ivermectin, although it has multiple mechanisms. So zinc is important, along with quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N, about 250 milligrams a day. And and that's a supplement. Um, And and so that's the basic lineup of supplements that I recommend. And then, then we adjust it just depending on what's going on with individual patients. Yeah, no, I've been, hey, Doc, any ahead, comment on, hey, Doc, any comment on magnesium? My uh, daughter keeps reminding me to take some magnesium. Yeah, as uh, not really related to COVID, mm-hmm. but just in general health, many of us don't get enough magnesium in our diet. Uh, so depending on what vitamins you're taking, some of the multivitamins will have magnesium in it, or you can uh, have take it as a standalone. Too much magnesium, though, it'll work like a, uh, like a um, laxative, and you'll end up with uh, with loose bowels. So be careful about not overdosing on magnesium. Let me ask you a, qu- a question before. I know you're busy and you got to go, but uh, um, I got to ask you because I feel like the CDC it, uh, does a little moonwalk here and there. Like they go back and forth with certain things. And first it was quarantining for like, what, 10, 14 days. Now it's five. Now it's going back maybe to 10. Um it, it, it's it's crazy. I don't. I mean, you, so what, what's your what's your uh, opinion, or where where do we stand now with uh, you know quarantining or waiting for the? I mean, I feel like these parents are waiting for their negative tests on their kids or whatever, and it could take a month. I mean, they're saying some doctors because you know that's just the way it is. But talk about that. Yeah, it's a good question. A lot of these quarantine rules really aren't. Uh, rules for individuals, they're for institutions. So schools will have their own rules. If somebody tests uh, positive, how long do they have to be out for? And do they need need a negative test? Mm -hmm. And various employers, uh, you're right about the moonwalk, but the reality is the CDC should be doing a perp walk. Uh, They're so conflicted (laughs) that it's hard to even take them. Let's let's remember that about 50% of the funding of the CDC and the FDA 
come from the industries that they're supposed to be overseeing, and that is the pharmaceutical industries, including the vaccine industries. It never used to be that way. Uh, the CDC and the FDA should be funded 100% from taxpayer money. They should be working for us, not for the pharmaceutical companies. But yet here we are. It would be like, I don't know, it'd be like um, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, uh, getting funded by, you know, by big oil, right? We would never tolerate the oil companies uh, funding the EPA, but yet we're tolerating pharmaceutical companies funding the CDC and the FDA, and that needs to end, in my opinion. Yeah, pretty slim. You know, um, before we go to break, and uh, one last question for you. Uh, and first of all, I do want to promote, uh, obviously, not only uh, Rx for Liberty, but, of course, your book as well. Um, but right now, at this point in time, why are they calling it a vaccine? I mean, I, I thought that vaccines were to eliminate... Or, or, or basically prevent someone from getting something, you know, like polio and chicken pox. I can go on and on. Why aren't they just calling this like more of a therapeutic or something? Well, the, you're, you're absolutely right. It's not actually a vaccine by definition. Uh, it should be more of a biologic therapeutic. We do know that vaccinated people have reduced symptoms, generally speaking, lower risk of hospitalization. All that is true. Um, of course, you need to balance that with the potential side effects of vaccines and vaccine injuries. Just go to the VAERS website, V-A-E-R-S, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. This is a website run by the FDA and CDC that's documented somewhat somewhere over 19,000 deaths and hundreds of thousands of injuries from the vaccine. So it's a biologic therapeutic. It is not sterilizing, meaning it doesn't prevent infection and it doesn't prevent transmission. It has a role to play, but the role isn't ending the pandemic. The role may be just to protect really high-risk people. The way to end the pandemic is make wide access to early treatment to everybody. Stand on top of the rooftop, Dr. Fauci, with your bullhorn and talk to people about early treatment. Basic, cheap, effective early treatment. We need to make that available to as many people as possible and stop this nonsense about vaccinating the population uh, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and then requiring uh, completely useless masking of our children and adult population. That's not the path forward. There you go. Dr. Jeffrey Barkey out of uh, Orange County, California, Newport Beach in particular. Uh, how do people uh, learn more, especially, and I know you're all over uh, social media as well. Yep. Rx for Liberty is uh, at Rx for Liberty is my Instagram okay. uh, handle and my uh, website rxforliberty.com. Uh, there's access to a book I wrote, fifth edition coming out, COVID-19, a physician's take on the exaggerated fear of coronavirus. And there's information about supplements, about how to get telemedicine from a variety of groups that do that around the country. Uh, be prepared, not scared is, uh, is my message to your audience. Uh, you do not need to live, live your life in fear. Educate yourself, have access to early treatment, and you've got nothing to worry about. Doc. Hey, thanks for joining us, Doc. Yep, yep. thank you. Th thank you, boys. Great being with you. Let's do it again soon. Sounds like a plan. More to come live right here on Living the Good Life show, Coast to Coast. We'll be right back. <laughs> 